So I'm excited to be here with you guys today. If you guys don't know me, my name is Dylan. I'm the minister in training here. Uh, A lot of what I do is a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers, a lot of youth stuff. Do our music, if you guys don't know me. And we have been heading deep with all that stuff on, on on the younger side of what we got going on. This past Saturday, we had... The end of Kids Club, we just finished a whole entire another year of Kids Club, which is our 6 to 12-year-olds. It was amazing. It was awesome. And um, yeah, we, uh, whenever we started, it was just Pastor Joe's kids. And, <laughs> and praise God, this past Saturday, we had 40 children come out, which, which was huge. 40 children from the church, from the neighborhood. They came. They, they, they heard the gospel. We invited everybody to church to come and, and, and be a part of the family that God has set before them. Amen. Um, I, I'm super excited, as you can tell, about what God is doing in the lives of our youth, how he's raising up uh, just just stories out of youth group, and kids are growing in their faith, and they're learning to become the people that God wants them to be. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited to be up here with you guys to, to speak about Mark because I've been speaking in Mark and the gospel of Mark with my teenagers and with my youth as well. And so I'm excited to get into this message with you guys from Mark chapter 8. Let me read it uh, again. If you, if Dave, can you put it back on the screen real fast for everybody to see? Uh, Let me just read this again, because this is a really, really, really important passage, especially as, especially as we're in Advent here, especially as we're in a season of, of waiting, especially as we're in a season of anticipating what's to come, how, how Jesus is going to be born on Christmas, and how he is going to fulfill all of the prophecies from Jeremiah to Isaiah to everything that has been said in, in, in the Old Testament up until now, and how he's going to save us from our sin and provide eternal life for the whole entire world. And so I really want us to grasp that because in Mark chapter 8 here, this is, this is a turning point. So everything that we've been doing in Mark up until this point, it's been about Jesus' life. It's been about Jesus' ministry here on earth to other people. In the first eight chapters of Mark, that's what we talked about. right? We talked about how Jesus healed people. We talked about how Jesus taught people things. We talked about how he made the blind see. We talked about how he made the lame walk. We talked about how he prayed and cast out demons. And we talked about how he taught massive amounts of people about the gospel. And he preached good news. And he preached good news. And so we're right here in the middle of Mark chapter 8. And Pastor Joe always gets up here and whoever's preaching. And they want to make it known that Mark is a, is a short gospel. It's 16 chapters. So you can trust that whatever is written in here, that it's really, really important. For us to hear because it's super condensed right so here is the turning point mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 38 this is the turning point where after this we're going to see jesus suffer die and then raise again from the dead to save us from our sins and give us new life amen so let's read this here we go in chapter 8 verse 34 it says calling the crowd along with his disciples he said to them If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose 
his life. What can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Amen. So that's exactly the turning point. Peter has just confessed that he believes that Peter, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the one who has been prophesied about, that he is the one who is to be born on Christmas, that he is the one to save the world from sin and oppression, and he is the one to bring peace on earth. And and, and he's not just talking here to his disciples, he's talking to everybody people who believe in him and people who don't believe in him alike. And one of the things that I want to hammer home tonight through this passage, and I think the whole idea of what he's getting at here, because he uses a lot of language. He says, deny yourself. He says, take up your cross. He says, if you want to save your life. He uses all these really pointy statements, and I think what the passage is getting at, and I think what Jesus wants us to know through these words is this simple thing that sometimes Sometimes it's really, really hard to be a Christian, and it's hard to follow Jesus. Maybe you've been at a point in your life where you know sometimes, especially during the holidays, where it is hard. It is hard to walk the walk and talk the talk. It is hard to follow through on your faith. It is hard to do the things that God has called you to do, which is surrender to him, which is to believe in him. You, you see, because here's the problem. We naturally desire created things rather than the creator. Amen? We naturally desire created things rather than the creator. And that's exactly what it says in Romans 1.25. How do I know this? Number one, I work with kids all the time. And, and the thing with kids is you don't have to teach them to desire and to prefer the things that they shouldn't be desiring and preferring. You don't have to teach those kids to do the wrong thing. They already mad, they automatically just come pre-programmed with this like, oh man, I know how to get what I want by lying. I know how to get what I want by stealing. And what happens is, and I've seen it happen in the lives of so many youth that we've worked with, is it starts out as something really small It starts out as something like insignificant that you wouldn't really think amounts to anything. But what happens is if it's not addressed and they continue to worship the created things rather than the creator, then what happens is it grows and it grows and it grows until they get older and older. And pretty soon it gets to the point where it's no longer it's just those small things, but they have taken their entire lives and completely separated themselves from how Jesus wants them to live their lives and how Jesus wants them to surrender and how Jesus wants them to, 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 to live their lives. And they have gone the complete opposite direction. And what ends up happening is oftentimes our personal preferences and our wants and our desires and everything that we want in life, they end up going before the Savior. And they end up going before our faith. And they end up going before all the things that Jesus has for us, all the things that Jesus wants us to believe, how we are to live our lives as Christians. We prefer so many things over simple surrender. I'm saying, Jesus, I, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm saying, Jesus, I, I just, I don't know where to go. Jesus, help me. We, Jesus, please be there for me. Jesus, please bring me to a spot where I can be rescued. Jesus, please 
Please help me. Please come into my life. Please show me a different direction. And sometimes we prefer, we prefer not to go that direction because of our wants and our desires. And we've put some of our preferences above, above Jesus Christ in our lives. You see, those created things, those things that God has placed here on earth, while not bad and in themselves, while they're not bad and in themselves, they never provide everlasting joy. They never provide those things that give us substance. They never provide us those things that last for eternity. They never provide true joy. They never provide true happiness. They never provide complete healing. They never provide all of those things that the Savior wants to give us if we just surrender our lives to him. You know, because it's like this. We always, when, when we do that, we are always anticipating and waiting for the next thing. And man, what a relevant thing in this Christmas season. You know, we are always anticipating what's going to come on Christmas morning. <laughs> if you're younger, we are always anticipating, man, like, I, I can't wait till I get that new car. I can't wait till, you know, this, this new job, this new job comes where I can get out of the space. I, I can't wait to, to, to move on to the next house. I can't wait to move on to a new relationship. I can't wait to move on to the, to the next big thing. And what ends up happening is, is we, we desire and we anticipate these things because we want to make our lives work, right? We want to make our lives work out. We want things to, to, to be good. We want to we wanna live a life that's, that's peaceful and it's not super stressful and we, and we do all these things. But what happens is, is when we desire and when we anticipate the wrong things, we're always disappointed. We're always let down. Because the truth of the matter is, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to say that yet. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, when we surrender all of our lives to Jesus and desire what he wants for our lives, he saves us. He makes us whole. He makes us complete. Jesus is what we have been waiting for. Jesus is the one we are celebrating. Jesus is the one we are to be anticipating. Jesus is the one we are to be surrendering our lives to here in this gospel. That's the whole point of the gospel. That's the whole point of the climax of the story right in the, right in the middle of the gospel. That's the whole point. Jesus makes us whole. You know, but I, I get it, man. This is, this is especially extremely hard during the holidays. Um, and, and I get it, you know, because we, we want so bad for everything to be whole again like Christ intended. We want it so bad. And I understand it, but I pray that these verses encourage us tonight. Hey, look, we need to surrender our lives to Jesus, not just because, you know, it's always going to be hard. But when we, here's the promise, and here's what Jesus gives us, is that when we trust in him and when we surrender our lives to him, this is my prayer for tonight. When we do that, we're going to close our eyes on this earth. We're going to close our eyes to a lot of pain. We're going to close our eyes to a lot of suffering. We're going to close our eyes on a lot of oppression and a lot of injustice. And when we trust in Jesus, when we say, Jesus, I believed in you. Jesus, I held the faith. Lord, I tried my best. When we close our eyes and when we open them up in the next, there's going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more suffering. There's going to be no more sorrow. There's going to be complete healing. And there's going to be wholeness. And our, all of our tears will be wiped away. 
in that next life. And that is my prayer, that we have a sweet surrender to Jesus this Christmas, this holiday season, just as this gospel is talking about. Not so that we could just make it through, but so that we can open our lives in the next and experience Jesus Christ, the Father in his glory. You know, but that's contingent. We got to surrender. I want to call us back to one of the first messages that we preached here in the Gospel of Mark. It's in Mark chapter 1 when Jesus called his first disciples. Here's what it looked like. Jesus was walking along the shore, and he saw some people out in the boat who were working, who had their fishing nets, who were out there casting, who were in their careers, who were in their jobs, who were providing for their families, who were doing all this stuff that they needed to do to make life work. And they were, they were in the boat, they were fishing, and Jesus calls from the shore. He says, hey, you guys, I want you guys who are living your lives, who are living your lives day to day, who are living your lives to make your own gain. I want you guys to come and to follow me, not just so that you can come and follow me, but so that I can make you fishers of men, right? And see, that's, that's the promise. But what I want us to understand is that those guys left their entire careers. Those guys left their jobs. Those guys left so much behind for the sake of following Jesus, for the sake of a better life, for the sake of, of, of a promise, for the sake of following Jesus. And all I'm trying to say is that there are some things in our lives that we got to surrender to Jesus. There are some things in our lives that are there right now that Jesus wants to call us out of. And for some of us, that's going to mean we got to surrender our future to him. We might have big plans down the road. We might say, I'm doing this so I can get this later. For some of us, that means we might have to surrender some of the control that we have that we want over our lives, right? You know, I, I, got, I got this going on, and I just want to be in control so that, you know, nothing else goes wrong because I've had a ton of stuff go wrong in my life, and I just want to be in control, and so I'm going to do this. And for some of us, we need to surrender some of our worries to them. We got to surrender some of some of our some of our anxiety. We got to surrender some of our excitedness, some of our nervousness. And we got to say, Jesus, I know this isn't from you. I know this isn't what what you want for my life because those desires, remember? Those desires and those preferences to want to want everything that we want. They leave us disappointed and we got to say sometimes, "Hey, listen, Jesus, I need you to come into my life." Lord, and I, and I need to surrender this to you. I need to, I need to give this up to you and I need to follow you daily so that I can have new life, so that I can have life and have it abundantly. That's what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to have life and to have it abundantly. Listen, I get it. Sometimes I prefer so much to worry, to worry about my family, to have complete control over my future, to, 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 you know, just have everything in order so that I don't, I don't have to worry about anybody or anything. And that's a, that's a big, big temptation. Because what you're doing is you're shutting out the other half of how Jesus wants you to live. Right? He also says, he says love him, but he also says love others. Right? And, that, and, that, and that's, that's what we're getting at is those things don't provide life, man. 
We need to surrender to him, not just so that we can be squeaky clean, not just so that we can, you know, live a life that looks like it's, it's all great so that, you know, it, it looks like a life that doesn't have any suffering or doesn't have any pain, but we need to surrender to him so that he can give us life, so that he can give us hope, so that he can give us joy, so that he can provide healing in our lives. And most importantly, there's some things in our lives that are sinful that he needs us to surrender that, you just, that we just need to say, Jesus, you know, I, I, I've been stuck in this. I need to give this up to you, and I need to run the other direction. And that's, and that's another way. That's another way that we surrender to Jesus. That's another way that we deny ourselves as he is talking about here. It's hard to be a Christian because Jesus is saying here, in order to do that, in order to follow me, you got to deny yourself. So you got to surrender some of those preferences. you got to surrender some of, that, some of that sin that you got going on in there. you got to surrender some of those things so that Jesus can use you to impact other people, so that Jesus can give you a new life. you got to surrender some of that stuff. When you say, Jesus, I'm sorry, forgive me, help me to do better next time, you are doing something significant. You are inviting the Holy Spirit into your life to come in and to change you from the inside out. And it's not an easy process, but through that process, he wants to make you whole and give you new life. Next thing he says is take up your cross. It's hard to be a Christian sometimes because surrendering that stuff that we're so used to that, that we've just been living in, like our old ways of living, like surrendering some of that stuff, it's going to involve some uncomfortableness. It's going to involve some awkwardness. It's going to involve some suffering and some shame ourselves. You know, it, it, it's like the best illustration I can, I can give of this is you ever sleep on the same bed for like a really long time, like night after night, you sleep in the same bed, and then you go somewhere, like either you go to like a hotel or you go like to a friend's house, and you're like sleeping on the couch, or you're sleeping like somewhere else, and, and you just can't fall asleep. Or, or, you, or you wake up the next morning after not being in your bed, and you're like, man, like did I sleep wrong or something? You know, did, did, I, did, I, did I do something to my back? And, and, and there's, there's an uncomfortableness to this. And, you know, I have, whenever we first got married, my wife can attest to this, we... <laughs> bought a mattress and it was it was it was great it was beautiful it was a nice mattress we said all right we're getting married we might as well buy a bed it's going to be comfortable we bought one a few months down the later we got a dog and we got a dog not only did we get a dog but we got a dog that likes to dig holes and one night we went to go on a date I remember this like I was so angry about this new bed nice everything that we wanted I got a dog too who liked to dig holes and we go on a date. We come back one day after the date, and there is foam everywhere. <laughs> and my dog, if you've been over my house, you know my dog is insane. And she digs holes in the backyard. <laughs> but this time, she dug holes in my bed. And there was two giant craters that my wife and I just tried to, just tried to like, put foam over and tried to repair it a little bit. But what happened was we were like, man, like, we can't buy another mattress we can't afford something new. We can't buy a new life, right? So what happened was we, we slept in it, and we just got comfortable. We slept in it. And so night after night, 
you know, at first it was like, oh my gosh, you know, my back hurts a little bit. We woke up in the morning, our necks were a little sore. But what happened was, over and over again, you know, we slept in it night after night, and slowly it got more and more comfortable to the point where we were sleeping in this bed with giant craters in it, not knowing that that thing was broken and we needed a new one, right? And all I'm trying to say is this, is that when we surrender those things in our lives, when we surrender that old bed that we're sleeping in, we are going to have some growing pains along the way that involves taking up your cross and following Jesus. And I'm here to tell you tonight, and these verses are here to tell you tonight, that some of us have been sleeping in that old bed night after night after night that has had giant craters in it that's uncomfortable and Jesus wants to take that bed and completely replace it and give you an entire new one and there's going to be some growing pains along the way it's going to be a process to get used to your new living situation it's going to be a process to give up some of those old ways to give up some of that old stuff and to live a new way because that's the way you've been doing it forever but I can guarantee you, and Jesus has given us, a pro, has given us a promise here in this text, that when you do that, when you surrender your life to Jesus, when you surrender that stuff, when you say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, fix this. Jesus, come into my life. He begins to repair the brokenness. and He begins to heal you. First one's deny yourselves. Submit. Second one is take up your cross. Got to get out of that old bed. <laughs> you know what I think what's really important, though, is that it says up here, take up your cross. Not take up the Ferris wheel. Not take up the, the amusement park. Not take up the, the, the things that are joyful. It's not going to be an easy road. You need to remember that Jesus took up one of the most horrible torture devices known to mankind. Took up one of the most horrible deaths. Carried it on his shoulder for an extended period of time. Carried it by himself until he couldn't carry it no more. And then he had to have somebody come and help him because it was too heavy. Anybody ever need help? Anybody ever need somebody to help you carry your cross? He had somebody help him carry the cross to Calvary where he suffered. Not just for his sake, but he suffered for our sake. He suffered so that he could provide forgiveness of sins. He suffered so that he could provide saving, so that he could provide us with new life, so that he could provide us with salvation, so that he could provide us with a new life and life abundantly. But we must be reminded here that through this cross, that through carrying these hard burdens that we carry, he gives us help. It's not a Lone Ranger opportunity. It's not like we're outlaws. It's not like we're out there by ourselves, running away, 
There is a place for you in your church community. There is a place for you here in Epiphany. There is a place for you among the body of believers, even though none of us are perfect. There is a place for you where Jesus wants to come alongside of you, where your fellow church members, where your brothers and sisters in Christ want to come alongside of you, and they want to help you carry those burdens that are so heavy so that you can follow Jesus and have life and have it abundantly because to be honest being Christian is hard sometimes following Jesus is hard sometimes but what Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to deny ourselves he wants us to take up our cross and walk side walk alongside of our brothers and sisters who are doing the exact same thing so that we can have life and have it abundantly we need to rely on him who carries our cross we need to rely on him who has already died the death to provide us with life. But the hard part is attempts to save ourselves, attempts to do it alone, they don't work because there's always something that's next and nothing on this earth on this earth lasts for eternity. Just like the first thing that I was saying, nothing that is created here is going to last forever. And so when we put our hopes, our desires, our preferences in following those and chasing after those, then we are going to be let down because those things don't last. There's always going to be something that's next. There's always going to be something that's wrong with the car, always another bump in the road. There's always going to be something, some blip in the relationship. There's always going to be some drama going on, new job, something going on in your life because that's how life on earth is. But what Jesus is saying is don't lose your life to worrying about what's next. Don't lose your life to attempting to just save yourself, to attempt to just not drown. Don't lose yourself in the endless pursuit of things that are just going to fade away after Jesus returns. Don't live your life just to go out and, and to chase endless things, but live your life chasing after Jesus to love him and to love others because that's what Jesus's call is all about. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, and I will make you fishers of men, right? And that's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He wants to make it beautiful, not just for your sake, but for his sake. And what a gorgeous thing when we grasp that. Gorgeous things can be done. People can be called out of sin. People can be called out of slavery. People can experience healing. People can experience hope. And I've seen it over and over and over again by the testimonies of people that have just been so down and out, by the testimonies of people that have just been so far away from anything. And then Jesus picks them up by his Holy Spirit, and he dusts them off, and he rescues them, and he teaches them. And it's a hard process of surrendering, and it's a hard process of learning new ways. And there's a lot of growing pains, but what happens is Jesus takes his people, and, and he takes a holy chisel and a holy hammer, and he goes like this, and he sculpts people's lives into beautiful-looking pieces of art that can be used for his glory. And when we surrender to him, that is what we are allowing Jesus to do in our lives. We are allowing him to form us into beautiful new creations that he wants to use for his glory. We are called to lose our lives to chasing after him. Don't lose your life to anything else. 
but chasing after him because I can guarantee you, you'll be disappointed. It says this in verses 36 through 37. You guys, Dave's got it up here for, what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and yet lose his life? If you could turn one more to the next one. What can anyone give in exchange for his life? Listen, man, your life is worth more than all the rubies, all the diamonds, all the treasure that could ever be had on earth, all the billions of dollars. Your life matters. Your life is important. And there is nothing that you should give in exchange for your life. Your life is important. Your life matters because like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23, it says this, that you were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of people. What I want us to understand is that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price, made the ultimate sacrifice that none of us could have ever made. And so that price is priceless. Jesus suffered and died for you so that you would have new life and you were bought at a price. So don't waste it and don't become slaves to other people. You know, I, I, we, I, it's so hard because we become slaves to, to our bosses. We become slaves to how other people want us to live. We become slaves to how other people expect us to behave. We become slaves to how people expect us to react. We become slaves to just living in the same spot, like that same old mattress. We become slaves to our same old day-to-day living, mundane, inside a box, living paycheck to paycheck over and over again. What Jesus wants us to understand is that He doesn't want us to exchange our lives. He doesn't want us to give up our lives in pursuit. He doesn't want us to exchange our lives for any of that anxiety. He doesn't want us to exchange our lives for any of that control. He doesn't want us to exchange our lives for just trying to make things work out. He doesn't want us to exchange our lives for any of those things that are less than what God intended for our lives because God intended something glorious for his namesake for your life and you are cheating it when you give your life and when you surrender your life over to something that Jesus didn't pay for because Jesus paid for you to have life and not those other things. If I can say something here tonight, it's that Jesus loves you and he paid a price for you and he wants you in his family. Look, don't be ashamed of that person. Don't be ashamed of that person who's living in the here and now who's got stuff going on in their circumstances. Don't be ashamed of that. Admit that you got something going on because Jesus loves you and he's not ashamed of you, as it says in verse 38, because he's faithful to us even when we're not faithful to him. I think it's really important to understand something because I've thrown out a lot of language of what it means to surrender to Jesus and, and, to, and to give our lives and to, and to give out stuff and to... And to you know, uh, lose our lives for the sake of him. 
so that we can look more like him and be used for his purposes and so that we can have new life, I think it's really important to understand this, that when Jesus died for us and when we put our trust and when we put our faith in Jesus, he adopts us into his family. I recently just saw a beautiful adoption of two wonderful kids. When Jesus died for us, and when we put our trust, and when we surrender to Jesus, and all the stuff that he wants for our life, and how we want his will to be done in our lives, not chase after just the things that we want in our lives, he adopts us into his family, and we become blood relatives with full rights. We become blood relatives with full rights because Jesus has given us his blood, and we are welcomed into his family with loving arms, and there is no application process that you got to go through. There's no trial period. There's nothing that you got to do to get in other than say, Jesus, help me with this. Jesus, I'm trusting you with this. Jesus, I surrender my life to you, and what he does is he begins to, to, to adopt you into his family, and he brings you in, and he gives you full rights. He gives you an inheritance in heaven. He gives you a new life. And listen to this, that you are just loved because you are part of the family. You are brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ. Be faithful to him because he loves you. He wasn't too ashamed to die for you on the cross. He helps us carry his cross, helps us carry your cross. And he gives us new life. Guys, I, I, I pray that this Christmas season of waiting and anticipating, I pray that these verses are both an encouragement and a challenge. I pray that they encourage us to want something different to want the things that Jesus wants for our lives. And I pray that on the same end, it's, 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 it's a challenge to go out there because it's hard. It's hard to follow Jesus. Surrender your life to him because he died for you. And there is grace. There is forgiveness. There is peace. Would you guys pray with me? Dear Father, we thank you for everything that you give us. We thank you that you denied yourself. We thank you that you took up the cross. We thank you that you lost your life and that you rose again on the third day to provide us with life and life abundantly. Father, so I pray that our lives, that our Christian walks would be marked by us waking up every single morning and putting away those things that we know are selfish desires and putting away those things that we know Jesus doesn't want for our lives and, and sitting at the foot of your cross and saying, Jesus, I need your help because I know that I've prayed today, Jesus, I needed your help today, God, and you gave me help. Lord, praise you that you are a God who brings help, who brings healing, who provides forgiveness, and who provides everlasting life, Father. And I pray right now, God, that if there is anybody who needs prayer, God, if there is anybody who needs 
Lord, if there is anybody who needs help carrying their cross, Father, I pray that they would come and that they would ask and receive prayer so that we would be a body of believers, that we would be a church family who walks alongside of them and helps them to carry their burdens. Father, help us to surrender our lives to you daily because there is hope, there is healing, not just in this life, but in the next life. Lord, we love you so much. In your name we pray, amen.